podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. Uh, we're, tonight we're going to be going through the, another win, um, another Liverpool win, six points in a matter of days, uh, let the good times roll. But the, back, unfortunately for tonight, it's a two-man pod. We've had two emergency situations, so it's just me and my namesake, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Good evening, Rhodesy. No one ever been enjoying Liverpool wins. I've been surviving on four hours sleep while I watched some pink ball test match, day and night test match. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much, I'll tell you that. that vomited on by a four-year-old. It's been well, interesting seven days. If there's nothing to help we can get you over project, being projectile vomited on, then it's Stuart Broad, new ball spell with a pink ball and the lights. That was magnificent. <laughs> yeah. Four consecutive balls, was it? Oh, Talk about rolling back the ears, Rosie. <laughs> Stuart Broad. And just for all our Australian listeners, we're just going to say Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson, more, more test match wickets <laughs> than Shane Horne and Glenn McGrath. So stick that. For Indian <laughs> listeners, <laughs> clapping and glorifying in their victory over Australia. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> to be honest, we will probably have to say that Jadeja and... Uh, Oh, wow. will overtake Broad and Anderson at this race. They will overtake them at some point. But if Broad and Anderson are unplayable in England, I've, I've, there's possibly a, a never been before more unplayable duo than Jadeshwin <laughs> currently in Indian conditions. Nope. No, absolutely. And yeah, peerless. Peerless they are. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Anyway, that's enough cricket nonsense. We are here to talk about Newcastle nil, Liverpool 2. Uh, Rosie, it was... Um, it, it, it was a great win, and we're going to come on to why, and, and then talk, discuss the whys and wherefores of the match. But quickly, I guess the the the, the big start, the big the big starting eleven news for Liverpool: return of Virgil, the return of Virgil. It's we've we've needed him clearly. Mm. Um, obviously, the decision to go with Gomez was the one that Klopp had to make. Mm. Uh, I think in the past. Two, two, three games, you could say, of a bad and low bar, which is something we'll keep coming to. Gomez has probably been better than Matip. Here's a question uh, for you, Roti. Do you think he's going to stick with Joe before Real tomorrow, or do you think he's going to go with back to more experience? Well, it's weirdly, Gomez seems to have performed better against um, really good sides this season and been mm-hmm. absolutely shocking against <clears throat> the dross. But I don't, the answer is I don't know, I don't um, it's, it's quicker than Matip, so probably. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to be an aerial thing, is it, against Real Madrid? No, 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 no. Yeah, um, it's all about Vinicius, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah and Valverde. Yeah. So, him, yeah. He and, uh, he and Trent are going to be tested. Let's just say that. Yeah, maybe it will be for his, for his extra recovery pace. Um, but yeah, only one change otherwise for us. Um, and then Newcastle, obviously, the big news for them was that Bruno Gimaraes is still absent. Obviously, that was, that was something we just nice that we've played Newcastle twice this morning, uh, this this season without Bruno Gimaraes on the pitch at either time. So yes, and uh, we've come away with two two wins. Maybe there's a correlation there. Um, well, there's a correlation against other teams as well. They haven't won when he hasn't played. So yes. Big player for them. Big, big player. What a player he is. Yeah. And also, they, it's worth noting that they had a rather young uh, lad in midfield because um, Joe Willock was also absent, wasn't he? Um, Anderson. Was it his debut? It was his start. Full debut. His full debut as a start. It came on against us at Anfield. Yeah. Um, 
And unfortunately, as we'll come on to, he had to go off as well. He had to go off. Yeah, he was a sacrificial lamb, wasn't he? He was, which is unfortunate. <laughs> right. But before we go any further, uh, let's talk about that match summary, Rosie. So, um, it's an interesting one. Let's. They had one more shot than us, Dan, 14 to 13. They had mm. four more shots in the box than us, 12 to 8. Um, they weren't as efficient in their accuracy. We had seven shots on target to four. Um, but they had nearly twice as many penalty box touches, 33 to 17. The only time we've had um, a bigger touches in the box differential was against Arsenal, 27 in that game. Um, in this game, it was 16. And we did have five big chances against three. And the context of that is that was 20% of Newcastle's big chances conceded down, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, they were the best in the league. Uh, in the, you know, um, first of all, they were the best in the league in terms of goals against yeah. in the Premier League. And they're still the best in the league for goals against. Yeah. Um, but they were also, conceded. yeah, they were also the best in the league for big chances conceded. So, and before Liverpool, this match, they'd only conceded 27. Yeah. Um and the next best was Man United with 33. Yeah. So uh and Man City with 33. Yeah. So that that's quite an achievement. Um and obviously a lot a lot of it was against 10 men, but you know, not all of it. No, so the the XG the final non-penalty XG was 2.1 to 2. In our, just just in our mm. favor, but I said after the game I think we were upgraded on a big chance. It was four three big chances after the game. I said after the game, I thought it was probably um, a deserved draw. Um, on the numbers, yeah, on the numbers. But uh, and, and then you've got game state down. So yeah, game state. You've got Almiron misses a huge chance, brilliant save for Allison after the third minute, huge. And then we score two, and then they get a man sent off. And at that point. Clearly, like myself, <laughs> the players thought this is done. Yeah, this game's done. We can now rest because we've got a huge <clears> game <throat> against Madrid. Yeah, and from that, how point, did that work out? <laughs> from, from that point on, um, we were a bit of a shambles until the last last ten minutes when we had another two big chances. Uh, Jato missed a couple. Um, but Newcastle's XG went from 0.5 after they had a man sent off to two. So they created 1.5 XG and two big chances after they had one fewer player. Yeah. I've never seen a 10-man team dominate another side. Not dominate, dominate is an unfair word, but but have so much of the game game as they did against us. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great, was it? Um, but we are going to focus on the period where the match was won. Yeah, um, eleven v eleven. Uh, now this isn't going to be as tactics heavy as normal. We're going to be focusing on the uh, on some of the more uh, the more numbery side of things, and also we're going to be um, looking in depth at the pressing because Rosie's collected this match, um, and there were some stories my there fifth, in the pressing. My 50th pressing game, Dan. Was it your fiftieth? Half century. I was holding up my wow. mouse. I was holding up my mouse when I counted them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So should we? So some. I, I mean, you've, you've got an absolutely brilliant summary of the pressing. So um, yeah. which you sent me in gags last night, uh, which <laughs> we're going to come on to shortly. But yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about that. Um, opening period of the game, the first 23 minutes, because one of the things that Newcastle have been really good at this season is playing when the game is tied. Um, so there... Um... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, 
you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. They're only they're averaging less than one XG per 90 conceded, 0.9, which is really, really good when the game is tied. And they're generating 1.6 per 90 the other way. And they've only conceded six goals all season when the game is tied and they've scored 13. Yeah. Um, sorry, it, it, going into this match, it was um, they conceded five and, conceded, and and scored 13. So that's a hell of a ratio there, isn't it, Rosie? 18 goals up gate when tied and they've scored 13 of them. That's, that, that's pretty well, emphatic. Point, uh, point 0.9 extra you conceded is a... And their big chance conceded per game record is virtually identical to when we won the league. Yeah. Um, obviously, they have, they're not great <clears throat> much as we did that season, but they are um, quite early in their yeah. <laughs> quote-unquote sports-washing project. Um, <laughs> well, but, they, to, be, to be fair, they haven't actually, no, they, they haven't actually broken any rules yet, so I'm, I'm going to... No, yeah, it, I, yeah. I, and, I, I, and Klopp said that as well, pretty much. Um Howe's doing a really good job to get them organised this well defensively is is quite remarkable considering they've signed what Dan Byrne. Yeah. Um Gimmerish. Anthony Botman. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. I meant defensively and Trippier, obviously. And oh, Botman. Yeah, they have, they have virtually changed the whole defence. But the organisation of the team is is abs- it's just to to because of how we previously viewed Eddie Howe, yes, and his bomb of side were a two point five big chance conceded a game side. Yeah, come and then organise the defence how he has to. I'll hold my hand up and say I didn't. Think I didn't think I didn't think he could do it. No, I didn't think he'd be able to get. He's become quite gnarly, hasn't he? Yes. No, and um, and to be to be fair, we were really cynical about Newcastle's time wasting early in the season because it, it was quite egregious. To be fair, and 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 that's something that they've continued throughout the season. And there was yeah. there was a game at the Emirates against Arsenal over Christmas and pretty much the whole of the country was up in arms about Newcastle's egregious time wasted in that match as well. So, um, but... You know my views. I, I don't mind some cynical... Um, yeah. But this is kind of the... It's almost like kind of the game plan, isn't it? Because they, they kind of take time out, take time out the game and yeah. they like to play in quite almost quite staccato football like in bursts, and they're really, really good at high intensity short bursts. Almiron and Joe Linton are really, really it's intense. Like yes, in Maximan as well when he's there. Longstaff yeah. and Willock as well in midfield as well, a, a, a bit beast. And even yeah. that Kieran Trippier now. Nunez has been absolutely superb. Yeah, so, so they're well suited and they're quite an intense team, playing short bursts. Um, but they also, as we'll come on to, they also they all all season they played with the high line, and they've compressed the play to allow the pressing, and, and they've got a lot of success from it. So, just on just on Newcastle's, uh, you know, performance when tied is outstanding, and ours on the other hand is 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 you know, we've been we talked about it loads, especially before the oh, World Cup, but but oh, before, oh, coming into this match, um, we'd. We uh, we've had twenty seven goals in our games when the goal when the when the score has been tied and we we'd only conceded eleven of those twenty seven. Opposition scored sixteen. We're conceding one point eight xg at tied, which is scandalous, really, isn't it, Rosie? One point eight expected goals conceded when tied. I'd say that's close to relegation levels. Yeah, um, and yeah, and a negative xg overall when tied, um, and then. Yeah, we. I wish I wish I'd known. I, I don't know how we'd do it, but it'd be good to uh, do a big chance differential as well on tide. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, and we've been pretty shocking. And then, lo and behold, um, Rosie, we concede the big chance after three minutes. Almiron, um, pretty much clean through from a failed press. Was it really? Yeah, by Fab. Okay, he kind of just past Trent, and then. Dribbles past Fab, who who tries to press him, um, just, just within the midfield third, and and then Almiron, who's getting up from a from a knock or whatever it was, is absolutely unmarked, and yeah. it's a lovely through ball, and then an even better save. I didn't. It looked like it just kind of hit him. Um, on first watch, but when you watch the replays over and over again, it's such a good reaction save. It's going in the bottom yes. corner, and he uh, he just sticks his arm out just in time. And as we talk about game state, it's game state is one of the most crucial aspects of football because it's such a low scoring sport. 
If we concede there, who knows? We'll probably get beat for Elon again. <laughs> it's, it's quite possible. Um, so, but just on um, Alison Becker, um, because it's really weird when you've won a match, they played for an hour with a man up, man advantage, and your goalkeeper's still man of the match. It's well, there were shouts today. There were shouts today that he's the best keeper in Liverpool Twitter. Anyway, don't <clears throat> else, but he's the best keeper in Premier League history. Um, I, it's hard to. I, I think you could possibly name four: him, um, Czech, Schmeichel, De Gea. Um, yeah, but I, I feel think, that, I I think you can rule out De Gea from that list because he, he didn't sustain it. After a brilliant start, yes, some of some of his seasons have been off yeah. well done, even better than Alisson. Yeah, yeah. Alisson, in terms of all round game, um, Edison maybe five, but all round game, Alisson's the best. Yeah, he's got no real weaknesses in his match in his game no. at all. But yeah, just looking at the um, post shot xG uh, saved this season, he's the best in the top five leagues in Europe, um, and he's saved seven point three. Goal. So we've we've conceded twenty eight goals in the league. I think mostly, isn't it? And so just imagine what we'd be looking like in the table if with Minouet. If we conceded thirty five goals in the league, just imagine how many how many more drop points that we'd have. The fourteenth or fifteenth if we had Minouet. Yeah, we are. We are already. We're only on for sixty points as it stands, aren't we? Yeah, current projected for sixty points. So yeah. we'd probably be down at about fifty-two, fifty-three points or something like that projection if without without Allison's uh, saves. Yeah. yeah, that's how good he is. Yeah, uh, he's one point four clear of the next best in um, uh, in Europe, who plays for Reims. And I'm not going to pretend I've ever heard of this keeper. Yevan Diouf of Reims is the next best. Uh, interestingly, um, linked with him. Were we? I'm sure I've seen a link with him. Isn't he young? Anyway, I don't. Uh, but there are Burnt Leno. Um, interestingly, perhaps is fourth on the list with Fulham um, because. Um, Aaron Ramsdale is the Arsenal goalkeeper who's pretty garbage to be honest and they let Leno, Leno go and Leno's having a bit of a, uh, a good season for for, for, for Fulham um, Fulham's defensive overperformance is remarkable isn't it it's about a third of their XG yeah they're yep. overperforming defensively although they're not overperforming as much as Newcastle who are who are still on understats model uh, over ten goals above their expected? Fewer than they they've got they conceded ten goals fewer than expected. It's incredible, really. It is, but I think that I think we could say that's more um, um, tactical. Good, you know, it's it's their organisation that's good. I think with Fulham, it's like, I think it's a little bit running hot. Yeah. Um, as we saw against them, we missed, I think, three big chances, uh, five or six. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think Fulham's are sustainable for a long period. But if they can hold on to the end of the season, you could get Europa. Yeah. Now, what I want to say is Newcastle's system this, this this season has been extremely successful. Um, it's got them to in the Champions League places and the best defensive record overall. Uh, we've already described what it was, but I guess. What maybe they haven't faced very often this season at Newcastle is um, quality of on the ball of Trent Alexander Arnold and Mo Salah. <laughs> yes, um, as oh, well as uh, as well as a lot of pace up front as well. Well, yeah, let's because this, this this was the good bit. This was the good five minutes, one isn't it? Wasn't it, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was from a throw in. It was a ten pass move that first goal. Um, ten passes, nice. Ten, 10 passes, and it was a mixture of a couple of passes from a centre-back, a little bit of a switch from Van Dijk. Um, Henderson was good movement, even if he didn't touch the ball, he was dragging Newcastle players. And then you had what was called, I think, on Match of the Day, or Sky or whatever it was, I can't remember who it was, but it said it was the... Uh, is it Redknapp said it was the best assist he's ever seen in the Premier League. I think that's over-egging over it, because I think there was a... An equal, if not better one, <laughs> for about three minutes later, <laughs> and we've seen some assists from Trent. So, well, I, I'm going to say, is it better? Is it, is it is it better than the is it better than the Stephen Gerrard one against Fulham? For, for, well, for, for there's been so many good assists. Yeah, yeah. The boy is probably pulling his hair out listening to Redknapp say that. But yeah, it, it, it if you, been, if, did he did he mean to say this season? 
Who knows what Jamie Redknapp meant to say? Yes, yeah. he, he, I don't. I don't think he, he's not got much up top. To be fair, Jamie, has he? He's pretty he vacant, as the Sex Pistols once sang. Um, but yeah, it was a. It was an absolutely brilliant pass. Um, it was a um, Nunes esque, Suarez esque bit of control that was slightly fortunate. Um, but yeah, the shot. Went in apparently at 101 mile an hour. Yeah, so time that one. I, th- I guess the thing I liked about the goal was everybody expected um, Trent to overlap, didn't they? Mm. And when they, when they created the space, but no, he just comes interior, and he yeah. just came. He was sort of on the ed- on the on the right on the edge of the centre circle, wasn't he? Um, and he's got so, he, he, the good work of uh, <clears throat> Salah and Fabinho. Yeah, and then he maneuvers a bit of space. There was no pressure on him. And then he's got he's got time to pick out that amazing ball right over the top of Botman and um, and Shaw, wasn't he? And it, Salah talked about how he's learning Nunes' movements. I don't know how because I don't know if Nunes knows what they're going to be. But he, Nunes just goes and Trent sees it and has yeah. the ability to pop Get it, it on. Him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely uh, wonderful ball. And then yeah, like I guess thing I always think that um, finishes like that should be. Worth double, Rosie, just for the st- extra, just for the stylistic and the the yeah, the emphatic nature of them. Yeah, they've got those fancy cameras now in the nets, aren't they? And that camera just did like a three sixty. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> destroyed. <laughs> it was just one of those. If, yeah, oh. hell of a way to snap a cold strap, cold snap. And you could see, you could see on his face, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was. It, it was needed. What did you What did you have him at? Twenty eight shots before this game. Yeah, twenty eight shots without scoring in the league. <laughs> three three point eight. Three point eight. Chances of summer. It was. Yeah. It, it's been Arctic, but yeah, Siberian. Yes, good, good, good timing. Good time to do it in a situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty damn emphatic. Um, and just on it, just on Nunes, I was looking at the big chance stuff earlier on today, um, and yes. um, he hasn't got the most big chances missed in the league. Is it not? No. Do you know who's got more? Um, it's obvious. Is it Haaland? Yeah, it is Haaland. The thing is, Haaland's missed eighteen, but he scored twenty-one, so he's still just over fifty percent. Wow, is that is that fifty percent of Man City's big chances? Is he? 39 yeah. he's at. 89. No, they've got 89. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just under about, yeah. about 44%. Yeah. The whole wow. team just trying to feed him all the time. You could see it when they played Forest. The whole team was just trying to feed him all the time. Did you um, see his double big chance miss? Yeah. <laughs> Man City but, missed five big chances in that game. Who, uh, Haaland? No, Man City missed five out of oh, five. Oh, right. Well, it couldn't happen to a nice team. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, but, yeah, Nunes has missed 16, but he's only scored five. So that's the problem. So whereas Haaland's over 50%, Nunes is down at 25% big big chances. Ivan Tony's missed 13, but he scored 12. So again, close to 50%. Yeah, the, well, only pl- Go on. the only player who can rival Nunes for wastefulness is, is Gabriel Jesus, um, wow. who's, who's, missed, who's missed 12 out of 16. I was going to come on to that, and I'll, I'll introduce it with a bit of context. It seems like the best time to do it. Um, Nunes is having more shots per game per 90 than any other player in the top five leagues in Europe. Is he? Um, the only the only players to have more than five per 90 across a full season in the last few seasons have been Messi, Ronaldo, um, Muriel. Luis and, Muriel. Mm. Yeah, and Insigne at Napoli. Um, Nunes has also had the most shots on target per 90, so he's hitting the target. But... Um, in terms of underperformance in the Premier League, you've got the the fifth worst is Jesus, the fourth worst is Nunes, the third worst is Eddie and Ketia. So there's all sorts of Arsenal anomalies going on. I don't yeah. know how they managed to sustain that. There's also another Arsenal link because Welbeck's the worst, and the second and the second worst is Bamford. So wow, it's a rogues gallery there, Rosie. <laughs> if if I don't, I don't know. Are we ever going to get a Darwin hot streak? I, I meant to. You asked me to ask this question, but if he ends up with twenty goals this season, is that acceptable, Dan? Well, I, it's I, gonna, I wish we had Sion because I, I would. It's going to be pretty hard to 
criticize him personally when he scored 20, he's, he's reached 20 goals. That, that, that's a milestone for any forward for sure. Right. Yeah. But overall you can, you will definitely have to still be able to say he's underperformed his XG, right. Personally. So he might have been able to have 25 or 27, who knows by the end of the season. Right. Yeah. Um, but, I guess the just issue with is an average is, season, Dan. Just with, yeah. an average, just with an average conversion rate. Yeah, I guess they're yeah, the bigger known as the the, the impact on the team, and unfortunately, yeah, we, he's left a lot of points out there. We've missed a lot of points because directly because of him. Of unfortunately, he's left a lot of points, and I think we've discussed it repeatedly. Is he taking shots off Salah? And yeah. we all know Salah's conversion rate. So if he's taking shots off Salah. That's costing the team as well if he's not confident. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot, to, a lot to work on, but an absolute stonking goal in this match and another five shots, to, to be fair, wasn't it? I think it was. It was. Five shots, one big chance in yeah. 60 minutes. Nuts. Nuts, <laughs> nuts, nuts. Which is about, which is about eight and a half, big, uh, which is about eight and a half per shot, shots per night here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then, but then in the blink of an eye, Rosie, um, it was 2 0. Um, was another a, ten, another ten pass move, and another another really nice goal. Absolutely lovely goal. Um, probably, well, definitely Bichetic's, um best moment in the game. He didn't have many, um, and we'll come on to that with the pressing. But this was a lovely turn to to set us up on the break um, after Newcastle were press, pressed him and us, and then. We just talked about Trent's assist, but phew, I've watched. I've watched. Uh, yeah, I've watched. What did Jamie Redknapp say about this one? I, I don't think he said anything, of course, because it's not English. No, sorry, that's <laughs> Jamie Brexit. <laughs> Jamie Brexit Redknapp. <laughs> but I thought this was a better assist watching it back again and watching repeated replays of it, um, and excellent control from Gakpo and. Quite an instinctive striker finish to to do the slide, but yeah, I think because because he, he plays it first time when the moving ball was Trent's got time to um, set himself and measure it, hasn't he? You know, so he does, and and it's it, not to take away from Trent, but for Trent, it's kind of a the shape of a pass that he plays maybe ten times a game, where he's doing it with that part of his foot and curling it in rather than out. Um, there's no deftness to it. It's a whip with Trent and he does it all the time. Whereas this one from Salah is ugh, the deftness of it, the timing to play it first time, but dink it over the defence like he does. It was, oh, it was just, it's sublime, Dan. But That's- he'd... Um- he, 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 the way he, it was good, it was really nice to see the connection between him and Cody, wasn't it? Because yes. they saw he saw the run, and and, and Gakpo saw you know anticipated what they, Salah could get it to him. So that was really encouraging, I thought. And something we haven't seen a lot um, since the turn. No, um, there hasn't been that link up between you know with Nunes has had four assists for Salah this season and all that, but in the la- in that in particularly in January. Those three weren't working together. They weren't no. reading each other. They weren't um, creating many chances for each other. They weren't pressing as a unit. It was it was three individuals in three different positions um, trying to learn each other. And yeah. yeah, that was a good sign. More of that, please. Yeah, and the other thing um, which somebody somebody um, remarked, which I hadn't noticed when I first watched it, only on the highlights, then was. Um, Van Dijk actually shouts at Bajetic to um, drop in. Oh, does <laughs> Yeah. And then three seconds later, he's doing that turn past somebody. So maybe Virgil's going to have a... Um, if, 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 if Stefan can um, sort of be confident enough to ignore Virgil's instruction momentarily, then, yeah. <laughs> In fairness to him, isn't it? He's only young. Um I can't. He was he was pretty bad in this game. Um, bless him. He looked. We we'll come on to it, but he looks. He looked absolutely shattered. So it's going to be. We had cramp, yeah. didn't he, after seventy minutes in one of the games, and, and yeah. we brought him off in, after seventy-two minutes. I think the next game, and then brought him off after eighty. The game after that, and then he played a full ninety against Everton. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just young. 
He's going to be knackered. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, we've been asked in the Under Pressure Discord to, to discuss Cody Gakpo again. Um, so another goal. Nice finish. Yeah. Um, what did he make of him the rest of his game, Rosie? So let's start. Should we start with his pressing? Yes. Um, so this is it's, it's interesting because when I collected it, I, you kind of have narratives going in on in your head as you as you as you're doing it because you see things that you definitely don't see when you're watching the game. Yeah. Um, and I thought I thought he's pushing really well here, really doing what we want him to do, winning the ball, put, pushing them back, stopping them from countering on us. Um, kind of an intelligent nine-roll, the stuff that you see from Firmino. But then he kind of dropped off a bit of a cliff when they, and I don't know how, but when they went to 10 men, it was, <clears throat> I think his efficiency, what is it, 68.4? Yeah, for the match. Anything wow. over 15, any, any of the players over 15, and one of those were Firmino. For the rest of the match, after the red card, he was 48% efficiency. There you go, yeah, you did do that. I did. Yeah, there he, you had, go. He, had, he had he had ten of his nineteen when it was 11, 11 v eleven. There you go. And um, so yeah, he, he was neat. He was neat and tidy um, at um, eleven v eleven. And which, he, is he got, I, which is what you want. He forced a few turnovers. And stuff. Them, it's stopping them from countering through the middle. It's almost like did maybe he just had literally no clue what to do when we were a man advantage. It, it was baffling. I think he gave away three free kicks. Um, from presses are definitely too mm. bad. Um, yeah, it's just like, just why? How, how how can you press worse against a side with one fewer players? It's yeah. Just- <clears throat> and the other thing, um, I guess, uh, is that on the ball, other his other on the ball contributions. Yeah, two shots, obviously one goal. What do you make of him in in the rest of the play, Rosie? Yeah, they had right. a miss, didn't they, when Port got sent off. That was his other big jumps. He had two yeah. big chances, scored one. Um, no, I thought only eight, only eight passes completed. I thought to a man done. Yeah, um, everyone other than Allison was terrible after they went down to ten men. So <laughs> I don't think it, it's hard to disagree with that statement. To be well, fair, so was, so was he. <laughs> yeah, maybe not Salah. I can't remember Salah doing much wrong or doing anything. Um, but his efficiency was ninety percent, which with twenty one twenty presses um, is 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 excellent. Yeah, um, I do. I, I, see, I, I should have I should have noted this on the on the message I put for you, but I did think a couple of times. Salah's saying to people, he's pointing when he's going into a press out of the keeper or centre back, and he's pointing. He wants. He wants. He, wants, he, he wanted wants people following him up. Follow up to Longstaff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sha. Because he yeah. was on. So he either wanted, he either wanted, he either wanted Hendo, Nunes, yeah. or Gakpo, didn't he? To support. Yeah, he's do, he's doing Botman and um, who's there left and Burn. So he's and then the keeper. So he's pressing one of those three, yeah. and he's pointing to right. If I'm going here, if I'm going to run 10, 15 <laughs> yards here, I want you lot backing me up. Yeah, you weren't. Or they'd, or they'd. Right, this is the, this is such a key thing as well. Firmino doesn't need Salah to point. No, um, Mane didn't need it last season when he went into that role. 
players shouldn't need if if they're pointing, the players are then reacting. So they're going, oh shit, Salah's telling me to move. But by the time they've moved, they can't get near enough to it's the player. Yeah, yeah, it's got to, or, it's, or, it's, or they just get passed around. But it's not ingrained, is it? And that's the thing you see. Exactly. And we, we, we said he's going yeah, to take. It should be ingrained with Henderson. Oh yeah, well for sure. But for new players, it's going to take twelve to eighteen months, isn't it, to integrate in that in in, in to be seamless in that way. And, th- and that's and that was the fact. So Salah gets nine out of ten efficiency. And Gakpo's at 68.4, which is abysmal because even the whole team as a context in this game was about, well, there's 77%. Yeah, really low. Underneath, which is a very low efficiency for the team. And Gakpo is underneath that by 10%. And, to, and, and just before anybody says, thinking about, well, is it, is it all against Alan St. Maximan? I know, I know St. Maximan had 10 dribbles in this match, opted dribbles, and he, he completed seven. But the t- the pressing efficiency was low on all Newcastle players. So yeah. when you when you've got what we do is it, we call it target efficiency. So if, or if you if you sum up all the times that they were targeted, it's quite often you'll see players ninety five to one hundred percent efficient. So it means every time we push press them, we we, we at least push them back or sideways. Bichetic against um, oh, who's their holder who came back to Joe him? Linton. No, I mean Everton's. Bichetic against a couple of Everton players was 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, just a gear. Yeah. You know but, I mean? so, yeah, but we had, um, in this match, right, efficiency on Joe Linton was 75%. Uh, Dan Byrne, six foot seven Dan Byrne, it was 78% efficiency. Uh, Fabian Shaw, 71%. Um, Sven Bottom, 67%. Kieran Trippi, 71 uh, Daryl Murphy, 71 um, and and and, and Sam Maximum was actually at eighty two percent, you know, in terms of the efficiency, which is still yeah, low. It's, 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 it's exactly but, that's underneath the average. But but we just listed six players there where we had low efficiencies against them, and one v one duels. One v one duels, and um, I don't know where. I don't know if it's on there. I think you have done it, but um, even group pressing, which we talk about as the one of the key factors in how good we are, especially from creating chances, because if you group press a player, you've got a much higher chance, I think, Dan, of yes, right, yeah. the ball back. And if you win the ball back, especially in the final third, then you're going to create a chance from it. Yeah. Even our group pressing, I think, in this game, um, I think you've done it after the sending off or something, um, where you said that when we did... Uh, yeah, it's 77, 77 for the groups. There you go. There you go. But, but it's like it's like we we did group press a lot at when it, when we had the man yes. advantage. And I was yeah. just wondering whether you saw that because there was only uh, there was only two or three sorry three group presses in the first twenty three minutes when it was eleven v eleven, yeah. and then after that there was 34, 34 yeah. group, which is the most we've seen in 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 you know probably a year, maybe a year and more, but we had a man advantage. And I was just wondering whether you saw something there where we, we consciously thought, well, we're, we're a man up here. We'll just, we'll just gang up on guys two on one here, group pressing. It, may, it makes absolutely logical sense that when you've got a, a man extra, you are able to sacrifice a player um, positionally to, 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 to group press a player, so it, it doesn't matter what position it is, you, you should have more opportunity to do a group press. Yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? But it was just the the, the um, execution of it was shocking because we yeah. either we'd foul them <clears throat> or and 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 that's another thing, Dan. If you do a group press, even with eleven versus ten, and commit two or three players to one of their players, and they pass it around you still, yeah. Then you st- it's like you it's like you nine versus eight yeah. for the rest of the pitch. And they <laughs> and were having overloads right. though. They they had a, they had, they had a couple of three on two and a four on three overloads. Uh, you know, in the second half, didn't they? <laughs> two nil, madness. Two yeah. nil with a, with one fewer player, and we're group pressing more, which we want them to do. But the effectiveness of the of the pressing in groups was mind blowingly bad. Yeah, and the average position. It's so interesting. It's like we've got eleven players across the uh, halfway line. Oh, for the full match, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is that is a bit weird, isn't it? That um, right. So let's talk about the red card. Um, lots of hand wringing after the match. 
lot of people very disappointed. I think it's primarily because he's going to miss the cup final. But you know, there's absolute. I can't believe there was people you know, who might have been disappointed, but trying to say, "Oh, it's a harsh red card." You, 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 I, even even my missus said, "Oh," <laughs> she said, "You don't see that very often." <laughs> <laughs> he's 10 yards outside his box. <laughs> so there you go. It's, yeah, it's... We couldn't, it's, it's, we couldn't be less debate about whether... No, no. And, and he knew it as soon as he'd done it, didn't he? He knew. He, he, he knew it. His whole team knew it. They weren't arguing <laughs> about... It. Well, he took out Trippier as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a, it's just a, one of those where you go, all right, that's a red. And had it not been the League Cup final um, coming up, he no one would have said a word about it. Yeah, 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 just exactly it. So it's, it's a really bad rule that he misses that. I feel bad for him, but don't get sent off. And I hope Carriest as well. But we do need to talk about Nick Pope, though, because I think, um, do. I, think oh, you been, do. I think he's been damned with faint praise, really, that, that just because he was playing in a Sean Dyche team, that this idea that he's not a sweeper keeper. Um, because fortunately, um, Opta and FB ref do collect um, what they call goalkeeper defensive actions outside the penalty area. And he is in the uh, 99th percentile this season, 2.5 per game, um, which is more than Alison Becker, who's about 2.3. Um, and this is not a flash in the pan, Rosie. Um, Nick Pope oh, actually. Similar again, similar when he was in the Dyche at Burnley. Yeah. He, he had at, at Burnley. Um, Last season, uh, he was at 2.2. And the year before, 2021, the COVID season, he was 2.3. 2.3. So this is not new. And it, it makes me think that um, Dan Ashworth, the Newcastle, Newcastle technical director, was tasked with getting a goalkeeper who can sweep up behind the higher defensive line. And he's he's been profiled for that, as well as being a decent shot stopper as well, Rosie. Yeah, it's what it's what worries me about Newcastle. Uh, they seem to be going down the city route of um, having vast amounts of wealth and spending it well. Um, it's annoying. Papa City uh, Gordon. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, but he's, they, they just paid forty million for pace, like you know. <laughs> I think I think he's got a little bit more to his game, but you might be right. But still, they've. Gomez is unbelievable. They've signed a defence and a Botman. keeper. They've signed a defence and a keeper that suits their system, mm. which is what we used to do. And Trippier's been outstanding. Trippier, yeah, Gomez, Botman, Shah, um, Callum Wilson, they signed pretty They signed Dan Byrne as well from Brighton. Dan Byrne. He seems to be one of the most effective left-backs that I think whenever I see him and think... When but he's he's, not, yeah, it's, it's incredible. You think he'd be rubbish. Of, of, all, of all the body shapes, of all the body oh, types... Mental. mental. To be a left-back, Dan Byrne. And he's doing a bloody good job at it as well. And I, I think there's, And I he can play centre-back. And I think there's a lot to be said here with with, with what with Dan, what Dan Ashworth and Newcastle have done is maybe cutting through stereotypes and what you can see yeah, and looking through and actually what matters underneath in the numbers and hundred percent. Almiron was absolutely dog shit for years, and then suddenly is one of the best players in the league. How have they done that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and Joe Linton's got um, confidence yeah, like he never had. Production from St. Maximum, St. Yeah. Maximum after after Sai rightly. And and and, yes. and 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 it's not all Bruno Gimmerish. It's not. He's a massive part of it, but it's not all him. And I just think it's more like that. Um, there's a, there's a lesson here that for people that just because somebody plays in a team like for Sean Dyche does not mean he might not be suited. Um, well, to, to Robertson doing... played in the team for Steve Bruce that so went down. Who's that? Sorry, Robertson played in the team for Steve. Yeah, Bruce, true. Yeah, a lot of people called him the Scottish Moreno. Well, the beauty the beauty about analytics is this is what it does. <clears throat> if you if you if you mine the data and have and this is. Again, Dan, we've we, we, we've done full-on episodes of UP where we're praising what we do in terms of our get, so, sign players that suit the system. Sign yeah. players that suit the system. Yeah, that's what Newcastle are doing, and yeah. they're doing really well. And they've got a manager that's implementing a plan, <clears throat> and it's working for them. There was the, the, there was a brilliant um, 
right. Do you remember the old soccer? Do you remember the old soccernomics book, the original one, I Simon do. Cooper and Stephens' Mansky? And that was most famous for the wages, uh, Stephens' Mansky wages, um, wages to success correlation. Yeah, it was which which correlated and um, complemented Tompkins's work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they then Stephen then did a work with Paul Tompkins didn't he, on the transfers did, as well, linking that in. Um, but there was also a chapter um, in Soconomics in the original book. Uh, called uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And what this was about was the bias of heuristics in scouts and um, people and pundits um, who, when they watch a player with distinctive characteristics, such uh, a visual characteristic, such as blonde hair, and they they, they can come away with, because they're easily noticeable, then their actions become more easily noticeable. So cognitive bias is is the other way, but I think in the book they call it heuristics. But it's all to do with the way the brain interprets, interprets um, the, way, the way things look rather than, you know, look at what like, the, how effective it is underneath. And um, I think... Um, not for any young fo- potential footballer, make yourself noticeable. Even if you haven't got blonde hair. <laughs> so what are you saying? Conor Gallagher, then? Is that what you're saying? Well, just... No, but if you make yourself noticeable on the pitch um, from a purely uh, shallow point of view, scouts, because of human beings, just notice you. So then they're going to watch you a bit more. It's just a weird and wrong thing, and scouts should be now being trained to not not accept that or, or notice it in themselves when they're, they're scouting a player, but it's still true. Yeah, which is why you need to have the scout, the eye test backed up with numbers and evidence. And that's what they say in Soconomics. And then the numbers game, similar. Yeah. So, yeah, Nick Pope, maybe he's the, maybe, maybe he's the, um, um, I don't know, what would, what, would, what would be the opposite of gentlemen preferred blondes? He'd be like the, the ugly girl that no one wants to uh, ask out, I guess. <laughs> Something like he that. Would. He would, but it's, yeah. he's, got, he's got the numbers to prove it. Yeah. If, you want, if you want a sweeper keeper, Nick Pop's your man for cheap. Oh, I guess it'd be like maybe it'd be more like um, the Prince Charming story where he's a frog and then when she kisses him, he turns into a you know Prince Charming or whatever. Be, be the opposite. It'd be the opposite way around, wouldn't it? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's enough Hans Christian Anderson. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, just as a, just as a huge tangent, quickly, Dan. Um, the stats guy at Southampton. Um, his name skates me, but he was at he was at um, Mitchelland. Oh, uh, Rasmus Ankerson. Yes, he appoints Nathan Jones eh, as a massive overperformer. Yeah, in the lower leagues in England. Yeah, yeah, and that didn't go well, did it? So, yeah. that's something- but then again, he only got eight games. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Something like that, but yeah, he's, he didn't... <clears throat> he seems to be a, a strange character anyway, but um, yeah. Yeah, just he was... It's interesting that he was appointed on... Um, Anderson's uh, recommendation based on stats and based on other performance and based on all the deep dives that they do. And then he turns out to... Mm, not to be fair to Rasmus Ankerson, he also recommended Thomas Frank for Brentford, who are now on a 10-match oh, unbeaten run. So. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's interesting. I think you can... 
this is another it's like the flip side of it you've got you've got um the personality of thomas frank who seems absolutely um settled in his beliefs whereas nathan jones didn't seemed to believe in himself yeah. and there were loads of quotes and he, he came out after beating Man City in the League Cup and said, oh, this is it now. And then he came out two games before he got sacked and said, oh, I've never, I've never implemented my style. I've, I've kind of yeah. not, not gone. For, so, you, so you have to measure the personality as well as the sack. He was quite an abrasive character, wasn't he, as well? Definitely. It seemed to be, Definitely. I saw him. Um, it would be been interesting, though, if Matthew Benham, was his chairman um, because Matthew Benham's already done an interview where he says I wouldn't look at, I wouldn't look at short term form as a basis of whether I was sacking a manager or not. Yeah, and and, and absolutely. So I wonder if he'd hired. I guess the acid test for Matthew Benham would be that you're at bottom of the table and you you know four points adrift at the bottom of the table. Mm. So, yep. But yeah, and then, anyway, and then they go and beat Chelsea. That's why people like Matthew Benham earn the big money. I guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and make themselves oh, yeah. millionaires. He already earned his big money, and that's why he's bought his football team. Yeah, this is true. Right, so let's talk about the pressing, Rosie. Give us your summary. Give us your pressing summary. Do you, do you want the one that I did for you and Gags first? Yes, please. <laughs> um, so I said, um, I thought um, Bichette's sort of knackered. We've got, oh, we already touched on that. Um, Fabinho was hit and miss again. Um, Henderson was good at points and then abysmal for the rest of it. Firmino and Jotto were an absolute shit show and they came on in terms of putting. Um, like I said, Gakpo did well, but looking at his figures, he obviously didn't do well after. Um, he did well at 11 v 11, let's give him that. Nunes didn't do anything. Um, it was a weird kind of putting situation where he... he was, he's just not integrated. Players. Wasn't even trying to press him. I don't know if that was a tactical thing, but he wasn't ever committing. So, so when you when you when you're collecting the video, when you collect off the video, Rosie, and you're watching the slow motion, when we're in a defensive shape, what what do you see from Darwin at all? Does he just literally hold? Does he just stay on the halfway line? What does he do? Um, he he has a bit of a look around, see what other people are doing. Um. There's no instinctiveness. He doesn't think, right, the ball might go there so I can um, catch him out. He's not, I've, I've already touched on this this season, he, he is the least, um, is the opposite of Firmino. So Firmino can hide, at his peak, Firmino could hide and then attack in a press and win the ball and the defender wouldn't even know he was there. Everybody knows where Nunes is. Yeah. He doesn't do anything as subtle. He, yeah, he's it, not a presser yet. Um, maybe in 18 months he might have improved and we'll we'll do an analysis, I'm sure. But at the moment, um, yeah, there was no... Trippier must have felt like he had a day off in terms of being pressed um, because he hardly got it. Same as Shah. Uh, and also, Robertson looked drunk in the second half. I've never seen anything like it. Don't know what was up there. He must have had a nice uh, Scottish bourbon beverage whiskey in there. Half time. <laughs> half time. Um, it was it was mind blowing how because Robertson's one of the best fullback pressers I've seen. Yeah. Um, he he created, there was that triple press against Everton. Um, he was the instigator and main protagonist of that. And it's, that's that's him at his peak. In this game, he didn't know, he seemed to, didn't know when to go and when, and when he did go, they'd just pass it around him because he didn't time it right. He made the wrong decision repeatedly. Um he was bad. It's just yeah, Robertson, fifty-seven percent efficiency, Trent sixty. <laughs> Can you imagine that wide against <clears throat> Gordon? Yeah, it it what it didn't end well. Yeah, yeah, and then Jota and Firmino were only on for half an hour each, uh, and Firmino got fifteen, Jota twelve, but they were both seventy-five percent efficiency again. So, just yeah. Oh, they, they, like I said to you, I didn't eight know fails I, in t- between them. Yeah, it'd have been nice if we'd have found out the uh, running 
stats and sprints and stuff for this game. But the it felt like to me anyway, watching it, it felt like the effort was there. Even with 11 against 10, it felt like the subs, Elliot came on as well. Um, I think it was Firmino, Elliot and Jota with three of our most frequent presses, minutes per press. Um, the energy was still there, which it wasn't when it was 11 v 11. I don't think the um, intensity was there when it was normal, but the execution was <laughs> just laughable at times. Yeah. Laughable. Yeah. I mean, we've seen some rusty players right, coming back from injuries. And stuff, yeah. right? This 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 version of Bobby is quite something, isn't it? And Jota, yeah. Yeah. Neither of them. Um, yeah, Klopp said again before the game, both of them need minutes. We need to keep giving them minutes because he particularly he outlined Jota in his press conference and said he wasn't, you could tell how how rusty he was when he first came on. And he was rusty in this game, not in terms, not all pressing and finishing. Yeah. Uh, missed two big chances, yeah. Yeah. One, one, one head of it. That was nice. I thought that was good. I thought it was dropping in. That was nice. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, but the amount of times we've seen him score that, or hit yeah. the target at least. But he was outside the frame of the goal, wasn't he? Yeah. He was heading yeah, it back across. Yeah. yeah. No, that wasn't that the one that he curled, tried to curl back in. I think, didn't he have two headers? I thought right. it was a, a big chance from across. There was one where he tried to put it, um, like a looping header inside the far post and he just yeah. drifted wide, yeah. 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 And then the and then the finish where he's through on goal and he tries to round the keeper and Yeah. That was um, poor. That was that was shocking. Yeah, and then just uh takes a really weak shot that's just easily cleared. So I guess the million dollar question, Rosie, for this then is if you'd say if you if you if you if you, if me or you expressed any concern on Twitter about the performance when eleven we ten, we'd just be inundated with people saying it doesn't matter. We switched off, you know. We were saving our legs. Um, how, how do you do? You buy that as a response? But there's, 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 there's two elements in that, isn't there? There's the context of the season. Um, the only thing that matters is the win. The yeah. only thing that matters against Madrid is the win. But then that's not what this podcast's about. It's not what analysis should be about. You, yeah. you, you analyze the performance, and the performance once we went down to once Newcastle went down to ten men was. As bad as that first thirty against Wolves, as bad as the game against Brighton. Mm. You know, the, how can you let a team with one fewer player dominate? You just yeah. They had more shots, more t- double, more touches in the box. Yeah, it two big chances. It was um, only it was only about the last seven or eight minutes where we we broke it open and looked like you know finally that we'd never well, give you three big chances. All the the. Um, I think the big chance differential at that point, um, we'd had, obviously, we after had four minutes, we'd had three. So we'd had Darwin, Gakpo's goal and Gakpo's header. Yeah. From a port free kick. And then they had... Oh, God, we haven't even discussed the set place. <laughs> well, they had oh. the Shah header from a corner. They had the Dan Byrne one that hit the bar. Then they had the Callum Wilson one that was saved by Alisson. So they, I'm not sure the down burn one is a big chance, but it's a good chance. I think it was 15, 16%. I understand. You know, they had three high quality chances when they were down to 10 men before we had another two at the end to make it 5-3. It's just, it's not good enough. We didn't have a big chance. They had had six shots from set place, corners and free kicks into the box. Six. Yeah, yeah, and the Sharon was Nunes showing how poor he is at dominating in the air, despite being taller or as yeah, tall. That was the centre of the six-yard box, pretty much. Yeah, um, that was either the burn one or the Sharon, one. But the either, Shah one, yeah, yeah, second half, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Danny, burn one, you burn you one. It against Everton, you called it against Everton. And they had chance, they had, they hit the, obviously at the post from a set piece. And then to be fair, it was Sai who was going ripping his hair out. Sai doesn't have any hair, but he was going mad. <laughs> he was hitting <laughs> feathers about um, Darwin's um, 
front because he's in the mid zone, which is really important defending set place, really important position. It's, it's, a, it's a vital spot, isn't it? Him well, and, all three of the zones, yeah. but yeah, yeah essentially, yeah, yeah. somebody gets the ball. Yeah, yeah, of there. course. Yeah. Um, but he, South called it pretty much straight off the bat and said that Gakpo and um, Nunes have the physicality to dominate in the air, but don't seem to have the um, aggression or willingness or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I heard... Um, be better for the size that they are. So, D- Dave did it oh, nicely on Scouted, I thought. D- Dave, Dave summed it up nicely on Scouted. He said that Cody Gakpo's six foot four, but he defends like he heads the ball like somebody's like five foot nine, whereas Sadio Mane was five foot nine and he heads yeah. the ball, headed the ball like somebody's six foot four. And that was a really nice way to summarise it. That's an excellent way. Yeah, I remember rightly. You have to tell Paul to update his his height against aerial dual correlation chart that he did about three years ago. That was just brilliant. Yes. It was when, no, actually, it was probably longer than that. It's when we had the, like the Joe Allen team, and you know, first year of Brendan. I think uh, sorry, he first was, year of Klopp. So I think no, he's still done it. He did one last season. I think did he? about um, <laughs> updating. And how impressive Matic was. Yeah. He's also gone into his shell earlier this season. Oh. Um, yeah. And the problem was playing Gomez. And yeah. So, yeah. Um, and also, he found, uh, which is an interesting one, he found uh, uh, attacks, a Bundesliga attacks. So, players. Yeah, players that come from the Bundesliga to the Premier League lose 30% of their aerial dual success rate, which is fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. And that obviously, the, the lad who played for us is a but, case in point. Quebec. Quebec, yeah. Was 82% in the Bundesliga and came down to 55 in the Premier League. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. Probably because there's not not many Sean Dyches in the Bundesliga, but... <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, but tell Paul he's going to have to update his... Um, because he, he, the one thing I liked was he used career... Use career aerial dual numbers, which is big samples against their mm. heights, players' heights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the correlation is fascinating between. It it's just the it'd be interesting, to see, where, it'd be interesting to see where Cody Gakpo and Sadio Mane would be on that those charts. Yes, definitely. absolutely. I will. I'll put uh, a note on that and ask him tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, do, do, do you know what Joel Matip's aerial dual win rate for the season is? Oh, um, I know it's going to be bad, but I. Um, from 78% to 60? Nope. 38. Oh, you're joking. Nope. See, how do we explain that? I don't even know how to explain that. That is mind-blowing. Isn't he's it? contested 24 and he's lost 15. Yeah. That's lower than Mikolenko for Everton, yeah. who's a fullback. It'd be lower than my seven-year-old. He's about four foot four. Yeah. Virgil's still at 77. Which is pretty much where he's always been. Um, and Kurt Zuma, you know, he's always up there as well, hasn't he? So, yeah. 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 Oh, there's lots of... Uh, Maguire's another good one in the air. Yeah. He, he doesn't get any minutes these days. <laughs> oh, no. Well, what's Martinez? Because we all took the piss. Oh, he's, he's, he's a non-factor. Um, yeah, he is He's he is low. Let me just find him now. Yeah, uh, I don't know it's, it's about 50. He's about 50, I think, last time. I did check this. Yeah. Um yeah, so, like, right. so he still wasn't going to get dominated in the air, but it seems to be good in terms. He, of- he, I mean, he's a good player. That was never the point. Yeah. It was just about whether he, whether we, whether he would leave a vulnerability. Um, yeah, he's 54.7 percent, Martinez. Yeah, that's similar to Gomez, is it? Um, Gomez about Gomez's career. Uh, Gomez, yeah, exactly the same as Gomez. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway. Rosie, um, it's been fun. It's always fun going for yeah. a win. <laughs> any other business, mate? Any any other business? Um, no, I just I'm starting to get the the uh, butterflies that you get. Yeah, the big game. <laughs> but the good news for everybody listening. I remember the last time you had butterflies this season. Dan? Yeah, it's just true. God, yeah. <laughs> the good news for everybody, uh, Napoli <laughs> away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, or um, or maybe the IX game at Anfield, which you needed to win or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I, 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 I was thinking about it earlier this season. Maybe the Man City game, and then it kind of gave us a bit of false hope. Yeah. But I can't remember having butterflies. No. Um, it's kind of been a little bit of a, 
um, dour perception of going, oh, we know what's going to happen. I'm going to concede a lot of high quality chances and midfield score. Yeah. And uh, here we go again. Whereas, I don't know. To be honest, yeah. I mean, bring in my get, step. If, in. if we, we fix the attack, if, the, if we fix the attack and we start scoring, you know, we're going to hop straight in attack, we've got a puncher's chance, haven't we? We have got a puncher's chance, yeah. We've got a, we've got a, how was we qualified for our first Champions League final on the clock chance? Yeah, exactly. Because um, we still got, you know, um, we st- I think we st- we got the um, most XG in the league, I think. Uh, sorry, 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 we've got more than Arsenal now in the Premier League. More than sure. Arsenal, second most big chances, terrible conversion rates. Yeah. So like you say, if we run hot, we have got a puncher's chance. But yeah, I like butterflies. We're Liverpool. We've had a lot of butterflies <laughs> in the last few seasons. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm getting nervous about this game, and I like that. But the good news for everyone listening, Rosie, is that we are coming back through straight oh, away on Thursday, or either Thursday or Friday, probably Thursday, I think, to to do, and we're getting the pressing done quickly, and we're going to do a Real special on Thursday. So until then, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.